0: Hello and welcome to episode 12 of EV Brief, your weekly EV podcast. It's Monday, July 1, as we go to air, and on today's show we've got a pretty decent variety of stories to cover. In automotive news, Nissan announces an extended range LEAF, Mercedes-Benz hints at a plug-in hybrid version of its A-Class small car, the Lightyear 1 battery and solar prototype is revealed, and MINI's new Cooper S electric variant is driven. Also, the EU has a new noise mandate from July 1, and the law will require EVs to emit a sound when travelling below 20 km per hour to increase pedestrian safety. And the Australian State of Queensland has switched on the first turbines within what is the country's largest wind farm at 453 MW. These stories and a few more on this week's episode of EV Brief. So let's kick off with some automotive news, and the Daily Express in the UK brings word that the Nissan Leaf is going to get a range boost in the form of the Leaf E+. Now for those who don't know, the Leaf is one of the first mass market EVs, and the second generation is just about to land in Australia, but its perceived lack of range has always drawn a bit of criticism. Clearly, Nissan has heard the cries for additional battery capacity, boosting the Leaf E+, uh, with an additional 22kW over the standard Leaf, giving it a total of 60kWh in the battery. The range is also extended to 239 miles, or around 385km. Power and torque are also up with the new Leaf E+, putting out uh, 160kW and 340Nm. Now I reached out to Nissan Australia on whether we would see the new Leaf E Plus down here, but they wouldn't comment on upcoming model releases. The standard specification second generation Leaf is already on sale globally, uh, arriving in Australia in August, so hopefully we'll see the extended range model arrive here by the end of the year. We move on to Mercedes-Benz now, and according to Inside EVs, unofficial sources at Mercedes confirm that the German automaker is working on a plug-in hybrid version of their popular A-Class hatchback. Sources say that the model will be called the A250e, which fits in with Mercedes' current EV naming system and will be equipped with a 15kWh battery good for 40 miles or 60 kilometres in electric-only mode. The 102 horsepower electric motor is combined with a 1.3-litre turbocharged petrol engine and an 8-speed gearbox. Interestingly reports suggest the A250e will provide the ability to utilise DC fast charging up to 22 kilowatts, something that is not normally seen on uh, petrol-electric hybrid models. There's no word on a release date yet, but it's possible that we may see this new A-Class emerge at the upcoming Frankfurt Motor Show in September, where we're expecting a number of important EV launches to take place. Well, By now many of you will have seen the photos of the new Dutch Lightyear 1 prototype electric vehicle, and aside from its stunning sweeping fastback design, it is uh, notable for its large panel of solar cells, the first for any vehicle in such a large quantity. Produced by an engineering team with extensive experience entering the World Solar Challenge competition, the Lightyear One has a claimed range of 450 miles, and thanks to its solar panels, the ability to be driven far longer without having to plug in. Lightyear co-founder and CEO Lex Hofsloot claims the vehicle will be able to be driven around 5 to 6,000 miles over the course of a year, exclusively from solar energy. Priced from €119,000, Hofsloot acknowledged that the majority of the high cost is due to the technology in the vehicle, but that future Lightyear models will be cheaper as production scales. Now on to MINI, and we know an electric Cooper has been in the works for a while, but uh, Roadshow brings us a story, uh, having driven the prototype MINI SE recently, and revealed a little bit more information about the car. Mini is being coy with the exact power figures at the moment but did say a 0 to 100 km per hour time would be possible in 7 to 8 seconds. Mini also said the car will charge to 80% of a DC fast charger in around 40 minutes. Looking exactly like the regular petrol mini variants, the Mini E shares a lot of its electric drivetrain design with the BMW i3, according to engineers, and doesn't sacrifice cabin or cargo space for the batteries, with the electric running gear housed where you would normally find the transmission tunnel. The Mini SE does weigh more than the regular Mini though, and that is in part due to the batteries obviously, but also the extra reinforcement in the vehicle structure to cope with the additional battery mass. All things considered, at 1.35 tonnes, it's only 120 kilograms heavier than the standard car, though I suppose you could say it's still pretty porky for a city car. The good news, though, according to Roadshow after their quick drive, is that the MINI SE is smooth and feels quick, with plenty of torque and plenty of grip. MINI hopes to commence production in November this year, with North American sales to start before the end of 2019. RenewEconomy.com.au brings news that the new Cooper's Gap wind farm is now operational, with the first turbines in the 453 MW project delivering power to the grid last week. With 123 turbines situated northwest of Brisbane, Queensland, Cooper's Gap will be Australia's largest wind farm when all turbines are operational later in 2019. Each blade is a massive 67 metres long, making them the largest in use in the country and are connected to motors produced by General Electric. At full capacity, according to AGL, the project will produce around 1.5 million megawatt hours of electricity, which is enough to power 264,000 homes for a year. AGL, who has built and will operate the wind farm, pointed out that already their project has injected around 56 million Australian dollars into the local economy through purchasing products and services from local businesses. AGL had also submitted a 100 megawatt battery proposal to the federal government's underwriting new generation investments program, but unfortunately it failed to progress to the shortlist stage. Instead, the government will be funding six hydro projects, five gas projects, and one, as they term it, coal upgrade project. It's really great to see large-scale renewable projects like this getting off the ground, but it's also equally disappointing to see a reluctance for federally funded renewable energy underwriting, and somehow ironic that in the same state as this wind farm, the country's largest coal mine has just received government approval to begin construction. Chinese bus maker BYD has opened a new manufacturing facility in Newmarket, Ontario. BYD already has supply deals with a number of counties and cities in Canada and the US, and it makes sense for them to have a factory close to their markets. According to Clean Technica, BYD already employs close to 800 workers at its Californian facility. And while it's unclear as to the uh, specific job opportunities at this new Canadian site, the 45,000 square foot facility already has 10 confirmed orders and much more interest in the pipeline. And in another piece of news regarding BYD, a small trial of four electric buses began this week in Sydney's inner west local government area, with the buses running short routes to the main downtown area of Sydney City. The Greens' State MP Jamie Parker welcomed the introduction, but cautioned Other cities, including Canberra and Shenzhen in China, have already started to transition their bus fleets to 100% electric power. Purchasing just four buses means we risk falling behind the rest of the world. I'm calling on the government to commit now to make our Inner West bus fleet 100% electric." Now I'll be bringing you more information about these buses over the next few weeks, so stay tuned. And finally, on today's show, the EU has mandated that from this month all electric vehicles must be fitted with sound-emitting technology to reduce the risk of danger to pedestrians. While I certainly welcome the silence of electric vehicles uh, on our local streets, we also have to consider the vision impaired and the EU has decided an acoustic vehicle alert system will help pedestrians identify moving traffic. The system must be operational on all new four-wheeled electric vehicles at a minimum of 56 decibels when driven below 20 km per hour. The law also requires that the sound should be continuous and vary in pitch and volume to reflect the acceleration of the vehicle. What this means for cars that are currently being delivered in the EU, I'm not sure, but we can expect to see car and truck companies coming up with some pretty interesting solutions to this new requirement. And that's the news for episode 12 of EV Brief. Thank you for tuning in this week. And if you have any feedback or suggestions, you can find the podcast on Twitter or Facebook, or you can email me directly at theevbrief at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the show, uh, of course please consider supporting EV Brief by leaving a review on iTunes. It would help greatly or contributing to the show on Patreon at patreon.com/evbriefpodcast. My name is Jonathan. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week on EV Brief.